Before I get started, I wanted to take a quick second to talk about my sponsor, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. New website. They changed everything up. It's an awesome, awesome new website. Go check it out. Very user-friendly. Got everything that the old one had. Just uh, a new layout and a new setup. Also, be sure to use the promo code FACTS whenever you check out. They get you 25% off your order. I love Paloma Verde CDBD. Uh, I use the gummies and the tincture. It helps me mellow out. It helps me rest and sleep during the day. I'm, I am very much a up and going kind of person. And if the sun's up, I'm up and working a night shift, that sucks. So these help kind of mellow me out, calm me down, uh, give me where I can, you know, lay down, take a nap. They also have a salve. My wife had uh, a major back surgery when she was younger and she has some shoulder and back issues. And she has said that the salve is the only thing that makes her feel better. When she puts that on her shoulders, everything is better. She can actually move. She's not stiff. So go check them out. Carlos and Vanessa over at uh, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Use the promo code FACTS and get 25% off your order. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. Fact Check This Podcast, Episode 70, and today I'm rejoined by Giles Miller. You remember Giles from uh, a few months ago where we, well, our initial conversation where we went into uh, religion and, and politics and how the two kind of intertwine, and then we came back and we did a, a full in-depth analysis of the Easter holiday and how that works in the actual Jewish calendar and like the Christian tradition of that, and with that conversation... We got to talking a little bit about the actual timing of the birth of Jesus, which got me thinking about how we celebrate Christmas and and also because we were talking about Easter at the time, how we celebrate Easter and some of the original pagan traditions that come from those or that those holidays are kind of rooted in. Because I'm sure you hear it regularly from uh, atheist or anti-religious friends or just, you know, acquaintance, acquaintances or whatever. Anytime we come around to Christmas or Easter, they always throw out, well, you know, that came from a pagan holiday. Those are all pagan traditions. I'm like, yes, I'm not a moron. I actually study these things. Would you like to talk about that? Which they never want to talk about it. They just want to try to throw it in your face that it's not actually a Christian tradition, that it was stolen from something else. So I got three that I wanted to look at today because they are there are certain Christian traditions that these three holidays are uh, kind of center around. So we've got Yule, which is Christmas. And then we've got Ostara, which is Easter. And then we've got Samhain, which is All Hallows Day or Halloween, which are all, uh, so Halloween is depending on how uh, strict your religious views are. You may not celebrate Halloween, but it is a, it is, it does have Christian traditions tied into it historically. Uh, and, and there are, you know, it is, a, it is a day of remembrance for the Christian church. So you know, some of the more uh, extremely conservative sects of Christianity may not observe Halloween and view it as, uh, as like a satanic holiday or whatever, but traditionally 
it is a Christian uh, holiday. So which one of them do you want to dig into first? Well, um, man, I mean, whichever one you want. I actually didn't know about the Halloween one. That one, um, I know that it's about like Sam Hain and All Hallows Eve and, and that stuff. My dad was a horror author, so we always celebrated uh, Halloween. Um, but yeah, I didn't know any of that. So I'm excited to, to, to dig into it. And I can sort of take some of the things that I know about the Bible and about just the holiday in general and try to piece things together as, as you go through it. So, okay, well, let's, let's yeah. hit that one first then. Uh, so, sure. so the theme around Samhain and the, like the, the pagan tradition of that is it's like the end of uh, it, you know, so it falls at the the end of October, beginning of November, it's kind of the end of the harvest, harvest season. season. It's yeah. when everything is kind of dying. So it's it's the it's the coming to the end of the cycle, so to speak. Um, and it you know the and everything in the pagan traditions kind of go in that secular or uh, you know it goes through the life cycle. You go through mm -hmm. birth to to death. And that's the way their calendar and their holidays kind of all play out. And so this one is the, it's the end of the harvest season. It is, it is the death. And it's also a, a time of remembrance for honoring their ancestors, uh, like honoring the dead, stuff like that. So, so that's where the, the pagan traditions kind of come into play. And, and so like you get the, the jack-o'-lanterns actually, uh, began with that that pagan tradition. They would leave the old, uh, they would leave like old melons and and gourds and stuff out, and they would put they would put candles in them in a, like a, an honoring and a remembrance of their ancestors. Uh, so that's where you know the the jack lantern tradition came from. And I, I'm not as mm, I thought I thought the jack o' lantern came from wasn't there like. A... Like an Irish guy or maybe an English guy that uh, that had all these things going on, and he needed a he needed a, a light to like light his way through the underworld or something. See that I'm not sure of. I, I, that might just be some of the some of the old horror stories my dad would tell me, blending in with with what I know. That's yeah. possible. See for for a uh, for a good Christian, I, I've spent probably too much time uh, studying the the pagan traditions on some of that stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> which, I don't know. I, I like looking at that kind of stuff because I want to be informed on, you know, like where that stuff came from. But yeah, I think, I think, I think what you're talking about, I think that is, uh, I, I think that's the connect. That's the Christian connection to the holiday. Mm. Is Got it. Like that's where the, the Christian stories of it kind of come into play. Because, uh, like with the with the pagan traditions, it's not really an underworld, so to speak. You know, um, that so mm -hmm. that would come yeah. from that would come from the Christian side of it. Uh, yeah, so that that's kind of the big that's kind of the big takeaway with it, and and kind of taking the the honoring the honoring of the ancestors and and the celebration, of, because in some ways that's sort of what it is: is the celebration of death, and so. Uh, the Christian church kind of incorporated that in and, and made it the All Saints Day where you celebrate the saints and and hmm. instead of it being a uh, 
particularly a celebration of death, it's a it's an honoring and a remembrance time. Uh, they take like the the natural uh, you know seasonal type things out of it mm-hmm. and make it more of a about the church and and the saints and and all of that. So so that's where interesting. So that's where Halloween and Samhain kind of uh, have their intermingling, but. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, death is pretty well condemned in the Bible. It's, it's never like, I don't know. I don't want to say glorified, but it's, but, but it's often really sort of pushed down as a bad thing. Right. You know, like God's not the author of death and, and, you know, all these, all these little things that are sort of pieced in that death is an enemy. I think it says that too. So. Whereas for, for paganism and like the, those old old religions like that uh you know as if christianity isn't old at at this point but you know Mm -hmm. in the entire timeline of human you know humanity it is fairly fairly young i mean yeah it's it's pretty that's fair so you know if, if when you look at it as far as that goes at regardless of whether you look at um whether you look at humanity through the evolutionary perspective of we've been around for millions of years, or you look at it through the more uh, like young earth, young earth Christian perspective that it's only been around for tens of thousands of years or somewhere in between it, like it, wherever you, wherever it falls, Christianity is still only a couple thousand years old. And, you know, all of these others existed for, for, a very long time prior to that so uh and in a lot of those older traditions and and older religions death is not necessarily uh given that negative stigma that it kind of gets in the christian church it's it's a little more of a celebrated type of thing because it is part of the natural uh cycle of how the world works and and especially for paganism like i said it's all cyclical Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it goes with the seasons of the birth and growth and, fl- you know, producing fruit and then death. And, and so they give that, they give that a, a place of honor within, you know, their traditions, uh, which I don't necessarily disagree with. I kind of, I mean, I don't have a, a fear of death and I don't really put a, really a negative stigma on death um mm-hmm. i never know how to respond when someone dies because as far as i'm concerned that's not that is the ultimate outcome of life is death so you know i, I guess i view it in a different way and maybe that's just the way i'm i'm wired or whatever but uh i kind of like looking at at Samhain and and halloween and the 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 traditions and uh, like the base of them, the foundations of those and, and kind of where that is, because it is, mm-hmm. a, it is an important part of the life cycle of everything. I... Yeah, I see that. Um, I am uh, incredibly affected by death. I, it's weird too. Cause like, um, you know, just to sort of expose a lot of the weird things about me, but I'm fascinated by death. But 
I find it incredibly depressing and um, grief is really difficult to deal with. Uh, my dad died of cancer a couple years ago and he was diagnosed in September and died in December. So it's really quick. And so the idea and, 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 you know, and I don't consider anything like that personally, like a part of this part of life's experience to, to, to watch my dad fucking wither away, excuse my language, but wither away and, and, and be dead. And then now my entire family's all grief stricken and everything. Um, I do consider death to be an enemy. And I think that, you know, because I believe in that Bible thing that it's a, um, I don't want to say a perversion, but it is, it is a, it's moving away from the original sort of design of life, at least, at, at least as far as humans are concerned. And, and I, I just feel like things must be more life focused, but, um, you know, certainly death is, uh, it's not, not important to, um, consider and to, and to think about, um, because it is, it is a part of our experience for now. And, you know, I think that one day Jesus will come back and, and, uh, won't have to worry about the death thing anymore. At least, at least, at least I won't. <laughs> um, and, and, and that'll be cool. But until that happens, which, you know, is probably not going to be anytime soon. Um, you know, we're going to have to sort of deal with it and get, and, and get, uh, used to it as weird as that sounds. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't take it well. <laughs> whenever, whenever, even if I hear about people dying, um, one of the weird things about me, as far as like my like libertarian leanings and stuff like that, is I feel like even though I grew up in a very like conservative household, both my parents are in the military, very like pro America, pro military thing. From a very early age, I was always anti-war because I've because death has just always so like emotionally affected me, and so. Um, it, it was a real easy jump over to this new thing that we're doing because I hate death so much. And, you know, whenever people are like, oh, you know, this is how we get our freedom, especially today, you know, Memorial Day, people are like, this is the reason that we have our freedom is because we sent all these kids over to go die. And I just completely disagree. Um, and, I, and, and it's weird, too, because I've, I've just always had that sort of inclination and so it's nice to sort of have some of that confirmed you know be, being a little bit more educated on on uh, on war and everything now um but uh yeah yeah death death is uh death is really gnarly well then moving away from the <laughs> celebration of death you want to look at yule which is uh christmas in, yeah in Christian tradition, Christmas and some of the, uh, this one's a little easier one because I think it's a little more prevalent. It's the one that, uh, I think it's the one that gets brought up the most frequently. Uh, right next to from, Easter? Right, right. Like Probably more than Easter though. Yeah, I think, I think it does get brought up more than Easter just because it, because it is so very clearly not when Jesus was born. Like, I, yeah. I don't think i don't think there are a whole lot of christians if any who are actually very studied in any way that would argue that december 25th is actually jesus's birthday 
it's just the time of year that we celebrate it and you know and it's a convenient time of year to celebrate it in that it is the so yule is the holiday of rebirth it's the new year it's hope it's you know it's moving forward um it's it's kind of the it's the winter solstice so you know we've hit our peak of the winter and we're going to move forward towards spring so it's like the hope of what's to come and so it was a in my opinion it's a very strategic place to put christmas with christmas being the birth of jesus and the hope of you know everything uh so Mm -hmm. So let, let's let's dig into Yule a little bit because that's like like I said that's one that I think that's the one that's the most uh, well recognized across all spectrums is Yule and Christmas go hand in hand and uh, and we're you know pretty clearly one was co opted for the other. Yeah, yeah. Well, I believe it was it was Constantine, right? I think that's right. And uh, in, in like 300 something AD, it wasn't 25 AD, but like in the 300s AD where he was, you know, so he sort of bought into the whole Christianity thing or at least saw like uh, how he could use it as a tool f- to push his, push his power, which is what he did with it. Um, and we see that too, like the picture that we have of Jesus uh, the white guy, long hair and all that, that was all originally based on early art of Constantine himself. So the idea that the, the white Jesus that we all think about now is, is early art adopted from what he looked like. And uh, sun worship was really prevalent around the time. Um, so in a lot of the old, uh, you know, art of Jesus, which was Constantine, you have the sun behind the head because of the sun worship. And then of course that, that changed into the halo that we all recognize now. And, and that's all, that's all born in sun worship, um, which, you know, which is that uh, sort of that pagan world. And uh, I, I think that he um, probably realized, you know, I can catch at least maybe some more flies with honey than with vinegar. So if converting all these people, you know, because not only was Christ, not only did Christianity or, or Christ affect the world, but but that story was um, was affected by the world. So sort of like when water mixes with dirt, you know, you sort of get this mud. Um, in that, uh, yeah, if I, if I if I convince all these pagans that the things that they celebrate are really just the same as the things that I celebrate, getting them to convert over would be really easy. Um, and I think that, yeah, strategically probably was thinking, okay, the winter sol you know, thinking about all the different pagan holidays, right? The winter solstice being one of the really big ones. What does that sort of blend into as far as the, you know, Christianity story? And I think that, yeah, I think it was strategically placed there. Um, uh, as far as, as far as most people knowing that Jesus wasn't born then, uh, in the church, at least, I don't know that I would agree. I think that it's it's one of those it's one of those lies that is told so often that its heresy really sort of goes unnoticed with a lot of people, even people that are more educated, whether they be like the pastors or a youth pastor or whatever. Um, you know, it, it's it gets really easy to once you say one thing so often, 
even if in the back of your head, you're like, oh, it's probably something different. You start to, you start to sort of convince yourself um, of, of it, you know, of it being true and, and where, where it's, where it's clearly not. Um, I guess I can kind of see that. Uh, like, maybe I was raised a little bit different. Uh, and you, were prob you, know, you probably were. So was I. <laughs> you know, we, we actually look at things from a intellectual standpoint, not just from a, a you know, a blind obedience standpoint. Uh, which, mm -hmm. which is probably where some of my more anarchist tendencies tend to come from is, you know, you want to analytically look at things, not just accept things for what they are. Uh, so I guess maybe, maybe for me, I was brought up different. So I did kind of know that stuff and, and had, yeah, a I knew that stuff as a kid. I never, I never had the transition of going from this misinformation to like a new set. My dad started me immediately. Like, you know, my, my dad didn't even really believe in celebrating Christmas. Um, one, he, he you know, because Christmas is, has historically been a, a Catholic holiday. And so he would t teach me about all the evils of Catholicism and the stuff that they would do and how cannibalism is condemned biblically. But with Christmas, you do, you know, you do at mass, right? You do the transubstitiation where, where the, the cracker literally, and I'm not making this up. You can check it out, transubstitiation, but they believe that it literally becomes the body of Christ as you're eating it, like legitimately, uh, and which is cannibalism clearly. And they believe that the wine also transfers into the literal blood of Christ. And so he was always like, nah, you know, that's not... We're, we're not into doing any of that. Um, and on top of that, all the, all the like funny pagan things that have infiltrated the Christmas time, like the Christmas tree, right. Being a fertility uh, symbol to the, for, you know, to the God Nimrod, the fertility God Nimrod. And because it's the evergreen and never loses its, its color. Um, and the fertility, it's a phallic symbol. <laughs> the Christmas tree is a phallic symbol that you decorate with balls, which is hilarious. Um, and, and, and that's, that's what it's rooted in. And my, so my dad was like, I'm not into having the tree. Um, I don't, you know, we don't really want any part of this. And my dad, you know, biblically was like, you know, there are no more holy days anyway. So if I want to get somebody a gift, I'm going to get them a gift whenever I want to. I'm not, I'm not beholden to a particular day, um, or anything like that. So yeah, I, I never grew up with any of that, like misunderstanding so it, to me it seems so weird that people would actually believe any of that stuff but i've been to church you know in a few different states and with a, you know a couple different versions and that's what they believe so and and like like every like you were talking about like everything about the the holiday for the christian church was completely co-opted from the the pagan tradition of yule like the colors that we use those were the traditional pagan mm -hmm. Yule colors, the reds and the greens, excuse me, all of that stuff. The the evergreen and like the winter flora, which, which you know, the pagan cultures were very rooted in nature anyway. So for those mm -hmm. to be like natural parts of the earth and, and that time of year, obviously they would use those. And then like now we mm -hmm. have the Christmas wreath and, and they just, they took all of the, the Christian church took all of the symbols, like you said, like the tree and everything, and they redefined them with uh, certain characteristics for how it fits into the Christian religion. Uh, what 
there's a there's like a real specific story of what the Christmas tree stands for in uh, in the Christian tradition of Christmas, and I can't remember what it is because like I know the yeah pagan, it's I, it's I know the it's pagan tradition, the and I never really I've, paid attention to it to it as anything more than uh, you know just a co opting that uh, you know uh, we put up a tree every year and it's whatever huh? uh, it's more for the kids than anything. But, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah, I, like, I, I understand what the, what the, the true roots of it are. And so I, I never really, I never put forth a whole lot of, uh, time or effort to, to check out what the Christian justification of the tree was. Uh, do you have that handy? I don't. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's in Jeremiah 10, one through five. And it looks like it's just, it's just, it talks about it being a custom. Doesn't talk about it being like doctrine um or there's no sort of like commandment or anything like that but yeah it's uh jeremiah 10 1 through 5 i don't know what version this is uh, but it says hear the word uh which the lord speaks to you O house of israel thus saith the lord do not learn the ways of the gentiles do not be dismayed at the signs of heavens for the gentiles are dismayed at them for the customs of the people are futile oh so so it actually looks like it's talking against the christmas tree for the customs of the people are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of his hands of the workmen with an axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that it would not topple. Um, they are upright like a palm tree and they cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot go by themselves. Do not be afraid of them for they cannot do evil, nor can they do any good. Interesting. Um, it also says, verse 8, um, but they are altogether dull-hearted and foolish. A wooden idol is a worthless doctrine. Yeah. Um, and and th- so it's funny, too, because my dad was really not into uh, doing the Christmas thing, but, but my wife, uh, her family was super big in all the holidays, not because of their meaning, but I think uh, that her dad just wanted an excuse to throw a party. So she's used to always doing like these big Christmas things. And my uh, my dad had the opinion about other holidays that he wasn't biased towards that basically everything in our lives is pagan. So if we try to if we try to cut every pagan thing out, then we're going to be left with nothing. So why not just, you know, have the correct understanding of the holiday or the whatever and then still have the fun? Because that's how, that's at least how my dad justified Halloween (laughs) he's like you know we it doesn't you know it it doesn't it doesn't matter that uh that all of this is you know it's demons and scary stuff and blood and dismemberment and witches you know we're just we're just in it for the fun let's just have a good time let's eat some candy watch some movies whatever all right Um, I I found it I found the actual where where the Christmas tree tradition comes from let's hear it this this is pretty messed up All right, so so the story relates back to Germany and St. Boniface. In uh, 722, he encountered pagans who were about to sacrifice a child at the base of a huge oak tree. He cut down the tree to prevent the sacrifice, and a fir tree grew up at the base of the oak. He then told everyone that this lovely evergreen, with its branches pointing to heaven, was a holy tree, the tree of the Christ child and a symbol of his promise of eternal life. God, is that cringy? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it it, it is it, it is very cringy. There but there there are so many there's so many like 
customs and things that we do that like that you know nobody knows the origin like the tie right the tie it was just a fancy napkin that people would tuck in their shirt and it, it and it, you're the 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 how in, in uh, ornate and beautiful your napkin was like raised your status at the table so people would just do these and then eventually they weren't even napkins to use to wipe your face it was all decoration and then now what do we do you're not even considered dress nice unless you're wearing that fucking napkin around your neck <laughs> like and you so, gotta tie it properly and everything and, yeah everything yeah so do the, like the half windsor you're some sort of heathen. yeah half windsor get out of here with that shit we're not letting you in <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. anything else anything else we want to hit on with yule i don't think so i mean we talked about it a little i don't know if it was in the last episode or if it was after we stopped recording when we were talking about it um but uh but the birth of christ can very clearly be tied to tishri first which is the jewish holiday tishri is like uh, like a month and it's a fall month um, and that's the day that they sell. I think it's, I think it's Rosh Hashanah. I might have that wrong. I think I said that last time, but anyway, it's the, it's the day they celebrate the coming of the new King. And, you know, coincidentally wink, um, that's the, that's the day that, uh, that Christ would have been born. And that's why there were trumpets and celebrations and everything happening in the city during the time, which as we're reading the Bible really helps us narrow down the actual time. Um, and then, uh, because it was prophesied in the stars when Christ would be born. And that prophecy in the stars is what the Magi or the wise men, right? The Magi saw, and they were, you know, sort of a group of like a weird sect of Egyptians that they studied the sky. Um, and they saw that it was coming. And then that's why they left to go, to go find him. And I think when they, a, a lot of people too, they have the picture of like Jesus in the manger with the wise men, but I don't think they found Jesus until like a couple years later, like as like when he was like a toddler or whatever. Right. Right, and then, and they didn't. Uh, they didn't take off and find him like at for birth. a while. Right. Yeah, at birth, because you have to put into you have to put into perspective with that, with uh, like the vastness of the Roman Empire at that time, where they were coming from, where Jesus was born, how long mm -hmm. it would take them to travel. Plus, they're to a you know to a certain extent. They're trying to find a speck of sand in the, you know, in the desert. In the desert. <laughs> like literally trying to find the right speck of sand in the desert. And, Do you know where uh, the new king is? Yeah. He should have been born around now. Yeah. Any yeah. where like, I should go? Like yeah. nobody's, nobody sent him a text message like, hey, we're here. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Pin drop the, right. the location. The, right. They yeah. To, they had to actually go hunt and, and search. And uh, so, yeah, like to put that, that whole thing into perspective and look at it from an actual timeline yeah yeah they they weren't like they weren't showing up uh at the delivery mm -hmm. room with the right. with gifts you know In, yeah yeah In, anyway uh Based on based on what they uh, what they saw in the sky, which is which is recorded, right? That uh, that Regulus uh, lined up with, which is the brightest star of the constellation for Leo, the lion, um, lined up with Jupiter, the king star, uh, and they call it, they call it every planetary body a star. So so line, so when Regulus lined up with Jupiter, and you had Virgo with the moon under her feet, that was the picture that they saw you can look it up too um but that was the picture that they saw in the sky coming you know sort of lining up and that's when they knew okay now is the time and then they went they went for their search anyway so using our modern technology we can look back to when the last time that happened was and it was september 11th 
which yeah, I know we, did, we, we had talked about we that. We did yeah. talk about this. Yes. Yeah. September yeah, 11th, uh, 3 BC or 2 BC, depending on which calendar thing you're looking at. Um, that would have been when Christ was born. So but yeah, we did talk about to that. To wrap cause... up the to wrap up the Christmas thing, we got to we got to talk about like you know when is the actual time, and then that yeah, that's when that lines up. And there are no good uh, pagan holidays around September 11th, so you just got to move on to. Yeah, I don't think there's anything Labor Day that that didn't come in, you know until recently. So yeah, there really isn't anything around that time of the year. That's probably that's probably what uh, which that uh, which what Constantine was thinking like. That's the actual harvest. So, in, you know, in those with the with those cultures being very based mm-hmm. on nature and and the harvest and the seasons and stuff like that, I, they wouldn't have had time for that sort. You know, you know, for any uh, holidays that kind of, or celebrations right. at that time of the year. Like that have been they're working. Gonna be working. They're gonna be working their asses off. That that yes. They're not. They don't have time to be getting drunk and having orgies they got work to do and and, you know if you don't do the work then you don't eat for the winter and they're you know as with any society they were highly motivated by survival and uh yep and it it looks like rosh hashanah uh lines up it is the the sixth this year through the eighth so that is the holiday that i was thinking of yeah um it's the first, sometimes the second day of Tishri in September. It's marked by the blowing of the shofar, and it begins 10 days of penitence culminating in Yom Kippur. Um, yeah, so I had it right. Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, that's, so that's when it was. And then, yeah, the whole, the whole city would have been celebrating the coming king and not knowing that that's the day that he was born, which is cool, too, because there's so many things biblically that really line up like this, where everything sort of looks, it's all like, cohesive and put together it's not like random because if it would have been december 25th that doesn't line up with anything biblically of course it lines up you know with with the pagan stuff it doesn't line up with anything biblically so it would have been really out of place but uh but this is sort of how we put it all back together so that, those are my those are my closing thoughts on on uh, the christmas thing all right <clears throat> so that gets us into the last holiday that is actually the one that we talked about last time which is easter or in the the pagan tradition, Ostara, uh, and Ostara is a as with many, goddess. Uh, yeah, as with many pagan traditions, it is uh, it's a festival of fertility, and which which it's spring. It's the it's the planting season. It is uh, you know it's the spring solstice, and everything's starting to come out, and like uh, it's life is actually happening. Like, you know, so with Yule. It's the celebration of the new year and the hope of, you know, like you've hit the, you've hit your winter solstice and you're, you're coming through the winter and you know that spring is coming, that the rebirth and everything is, is on its way. Well, this is the fruition of that. And you get Ostara, which is like the the spring planting season. And this is when we're, you know, we're having our celebrations because it's, it's new life, it's rebirth, it's everything is coming back alive. It's the celebration of fertility. And that's where that's where all the eggs and mm-hmm. and everything of that kind of And the bunny. It, it, yeah, it's fertility. <laughs> yeah, the bunny. Because, bu- because bunnies do what bunnies do, and then right. you have, you know, yeah. yeah. That's why they, you know, call it effing like jackrabbits, is uh, because that's what they do. Uh, yeah. So, 
so that's where all of that and and even uh uh easter itself like the name easter is sort of born out of uh it's a different translation of easter uh, which is and yeah Easter's Ostara, another... which, which was also pronounced uh esther or yeah you know easter so mm -hmm. this one is a this one is kind of an interesting one because as we talked about in the last, uh, the, you know, the last time you and I got together, mm -hmm. this is actually the timing of when the death of Christ happened. So mm -hmm. it, it is kind of, uh, at least with this one, you know, you don't have that big delineation between when Jesus was actually right. born versus when we celebrate it. Like this one uh, conveniently kind of happens roughly around that same time of year um, early spring yeah right like because the because the jewish calendar kind of shifts based on uh based on the constellations and stuff like that uh you know there can be some some variation but it still mm -hmm. kind of happens roughly in that same time of the year so so at least this one has some like natural lining up between the two that uh, at least makes it seem to make sense to uh to incorporate the one into the other uh, right I'm, wanna... I'm sure i'm sure constantine was thrilled when he was like oh man this sort of lines up with the with the with the spring equinox let's right. go <laughs> so what are the <clears throat> so we talked about the rabbits and the eggs as far as the pagan tradition goes what what's the do you know what the justification for those are within christianity like like i found the oh, they're, they're they're completely they're completely divorced from any part of the original story there's no mention of any sort of like eggs or rabbits or or fertility or anything like that the 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 day is an otherwise um or the or the the, the time period is otherwise nothing besides the feast of or besides passover which leads into the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Like, that's the Jewish, you know, celebration of that. And, and then, of course, Passover is the angel of death's pass, passing over, you know, your home. Um, you know, because that was the uh, that was the 10th plague, right? That was the 10th plague of Egypt from Moses' time, right. the angel of death. Um, and so the way that they got the angel of death not to stop at their house to take their you know child or children or whatever is to is to put the blood on the on the doors and follow this really specific um i don't know custom to make sure that that happened and of course uh the the power in the custom was of course in the believing it wasn't in the action because the action was symbolic it was it was to be a symbol of what was to come right so we have the this the the symbolic passover lamb and then we had the legitimate passover you know christ was the passover lamb um and so yeah that was all some you know just just like being baptized right so so that's that's even symbolic there's nothing sort of special about that in fact we're even commanded to not be doing that anymore um but to instead get baptized with holy spirit and with, and with fire which is basically just just means with holy spirit not you know that's the uh Hendiades, to say two things by one or to say one thing by the means of two, Hendiades is the figure of speech. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, it's a, it's the same kind of thing. So that's that that's the that's the only holiday that sort of lines up with that. But 
so much of that gets forgotten. You know, it's 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 uh, it's like we do the entire celebration of Easter of the of all the pagan stuff, but then we tell ourselves, well, we're doing all the pagan stuff for Jesus, and then and then while we're doing that, we're not even getting the days right. You know, and we went over that, of course. Right, um, and, and that's so. like so. I'm just I've just been kind of perusing like different stuff because like the the the, the Christmas tree has a uh, at least uh some made Something. up justification for for mm-hmm. how the tree ties into christmas mm-hmm. uh I, I can't find anything on the eggs <laughs> like uh, the the closest thing oh. i could find was says that there was supposedly a story that uh when mary said that jesus had come back she was hot holding a red egg or something <laughs> and, uh, I, 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 dude, I've, I've read the Gospels so many times. I've never read that Mary had a, a red I never, egg. I never saw the point where anything specifically said that Mary was holding a red egg. Like, unless I, my mind just blocked it out because it didn't cross me as being relevant to the to the information that I was going through. You know, I mean, everybody is prone to skip words as they uh, as they read stuff from time to time because your brain automatically uh, filters out stuff that it deems unnecessary but i'm almost a hundred percent positive there is no mention of a red egg in any of the scriptures no it's got to be like an apocrypha thing or some sort of like extra text yeah it's mary magdalene and it's talking about the first easter egg the red egg but it but then there's no scripture yeah references at all oh there's the 40 best eastern or easter bible verses kind of doesn't look like it has anything to do with easter <laughs> he is not here he is risen yeah the, uh, then she throws an egg at the garden runs off huh? <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't uh it doesn't it, it just doesn't pan out but like you know like, like like we said there's so many things that we do that nobody even really thinks through like why we do them um sort of like the shaking of hands Right, shaking someone's hand is is uh, because the way they used to do it was wrist wrist to make sure that you didn't have a knife up your sleeve. That's how they used to shake hands. Or like the salute was from from uh, knights raising their their helmet, the face shield to their helmet up to greet one another. So that's where the salute comes from. So a, yeah, it's just so many, so many of those. And uh, and of course, uh, when it comes to biblical tradition, it's not immune to the you know the world sort of affecting you know, these traditions, which is, uh, which is an interesting thing. I've, uh, so I've had some, I don't know, I've had some issues with some of the, uh, behaviors of the church and stuff talking about like the traditions and the way some of the, uh, the original things have been, have had, you know, pagan traditions co-opted into them and also talking about Constantine and using the church as a power of the state, you know, stuff like that. Like, a lot of that stuff kind of rubs me the wrong way because I am very scriptural as far as my faith goes. And a lot of that, uh, you know, the, like, especially the conservative Christian attitude is not scriptural. And no, all the, all the, all the heroes in the Bible were basically atheistic or not atheistic, uh, 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 like anarchists at least anarchist leaning 
Um, you know, I mean, you, we see that with uh, with Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, and and you know Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And we see that we see Jesus was killed by the state. <laughs> like, so was Paul, and you know all all these all these big heroes. Um, I mean, even David was for David for becoming a great king. David was actively hunted by the state for the better part of his life. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and David, you know, we, he had his trouble. He wasn't a perfect guy. Um, you know, he, you know, he, he made, he made a murdered person or two, no big deal. Right. right. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but, but, but it's interesting got, too, because once he got into, you know, that position of power, you see how, uh, you know, what power does to people. And he's a prime example of that. Like, if anything, right. if anything, the scripture should be a cautionary tale against the state, not, not something that, uh, you know, we should be <laughs> co-opting so. the state. Yeah, you would think so. You would think so. I have a I have a buddy of mine that I talk to about things like this a lot, and 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 he's he's you know more atheistic leaning. But uh, I was like, you know, all the all the greatest you know people of the Bible were, were people that rejected these positions of authority and told these people that you know I I don't care what you say, you 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 have no authority over me. Um, I care about this, and I think that he'll help me out. But in in and in the case of you know, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, right? They said, even if he doesn't help us, we still won't listen to you. Uh, and, 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 you know, fuck yeah. That's, that's what I'm based, right? That's what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> that's, what, that's what every libertarian is supposed to aspire to. It's like, yeah. like I'm not going to do what you say, and I trust that it's going to work out. And even if it doesn't work out, I'm still not going to do what you say. Right. Right, which is which is so great, and I think that's one of the reasons that I'm starting to notice like more and more people, sort of making their way over to Christianity, um, especially since it's like it's like the new sort of counterculture to statism, which is the new religion, of course, with which which has its it has its hymns and its flags and its symbols and its leaders and its it's, it has sins and it has way you know it has a uh, you know, the ways that you can uh, tell other people about their sins. Hey, where's your mask? You know, you don't have a mask. You're not listening to the saints that told us that we need to wear, you know, it's just like, it's become this new religion. So like the new cool, like uh, rebellious thing to do is to believe in something rather than to believe in nothing, because turns out that that nothing was a vacuum uh, for the, you know, that the state filled. And that's become like the new thing. And I don't, uh, my younger sister, who's coming to stay with me for a month, so it's going to be fun. She is super lefty, feminist, and and 18 and dumb. And, uh, and she's very like not into religion or anything like that because my mom um, had blown it with them because my mom's out of her mind. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway... Uh, so she's rejected all that, but then like all the new things that she talks about is like, that's just your new, you know, that's just your new religion via the state, you know, with all of its, you know, creeds and whatnot. And it's going to be, she's going to be here for like a month. So it's going to be really fun to, to cause I'm not going to have to be able to keep my mouth shut. Every time I read something, I'm be like, man, isn't it great that we have this, you know, so that all these people can die. It's awesome. You need to just keep a live feed going like nonstop. Uh I know of anatomy in the, of the state in the background or something like that. I'm probably going to have her read it. Just be like, do me a favor. I'll read any book you want. 
even if it's way longer than Anatomy of the State, which is not very long. It's like 40 pages or something. Right. Um, it's like a pamphlet. And I'll read anything you want. I just want you to read this and then tell me what you think. And uh, so that... That's like... like I would make that argument as well. Um, so odds are most people would would probably recommend like if if you were to make that bet with somebody they would probably say well i'll read that if you'll read the communist manifesto and then for me i can be like yeah i did that five times and uh, i did a whole podcast on it like what do you want to know about that one because like, yeah. like i talked about that in the podcast was like most of the people who are hardcore communists i would be willing to bet any amount of money you put on it that they've never read anything by Marx. They've never read the kind Oh yeah. So they have or no Lenin. Idea. They've read yeah. zero Lenin. Which that's yeah. that's another. Uh, we could do a whole other episode on some of this stuff because that's another uh, gripe gripe I have with Christianity and Christians is there are too many modern day Christians who have only read the little blurbs from the Bible that the preacher puts up on the screen on Sunday morning and they've never read the whole thing and they don't have any context for that two lines. They didn't, mm -hmm. they didn't read the, you know, seven paragraphs that came before it and everything that comes after it that puts mm -hmm. the, you know, that line into context of what it actually means and what it actually stands for and what, how it applies to your life and how it applied to that, that moment in, in the right, Bible. In Cause time. these people wrote things to people. Right, I mean, Paul wrote a letter to the Romans and to the church at Corinth. That's my that's my biggest my biggest thing, uh, you know, when discussing the Trinity, which I am so against because I am not I am not a Trinitarian. Is like you have to ignore almost all of the Bible to be able to hold a Trinitarian perspective. You know, no man has seen God at any time, and, and of course that's that's you know John one eighteen because everybody likes to quote John one one and then John one fourteen right in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and then John one fourteen and the word became flesh and they're like bam Trinity and I was like well first of all that's only two even if you prove Jesus is God which you can't um, that's still only two you need to have three and going off of John fourteen where it talks about the Holy Spirit being the Comforter um, that's just personification you know that's personification. Uh, but, but it's, it's, you have to, you have to ignore so much stuff. But anyway, so after it says, and the word became flesh four verses later, John 1 18 says, and no man has seen God at any time. So, and, and Jesus said for, you know, God is greater than I, I, mean, I we could go on and on and on, right? Go to my disciples, tell them that I ascend unto my father and their father and to my God and their God. So, so you, yeah, I, I absolutely, you're totally right. You're totally right. And that's why we have, I, I brought this up, which, which is, you know incredibly important for anybody that's studying this stuff and when you think about what you would expect there to be in a in a bible or in a book about wisdom or how you should live your life you would expect to read things like this which is in first thessalonians five twenty one, which says prove all things hold fast um that which is good prove all things well proof requires evidence it requires um you know, study. Uh, in the Bible, it talked about the Bereans. They would study the scriptures daily, whether those things were so, whether the things that they had heard were could be true, because um, Christianity was so new. So they had to cross-reference everything with what they understood before. Um, that's really big. And then, of course, you have like, you know, Colossians 2.8, where it talks about to be aware of the traditions of the world. You know, when you pair things like that with prove all things, um, 
it it makes it to where you know the bible is sort of protecting us against the the entropy of these traditions because that's what it is right it's the telephone game it's let me tell you this story and then you tell it and you tell it and you tell it and we we all fall victim to that all of the time i mean i just posted on facebook the, uh the quote from the latest substack from pete quinones and when i wrote it i was like man is that exactly how he wrote it and because i care about things like this i was like i'm going to double check and i had taken what was two sentences with like no punctuation and i had made it one sentence was separated with commas and it doesn't seem like a really big deviation from the original just you know taking two sentences making it one and adding a couple commas it's more of like I suppose a stylistic difference, but it's that sort of entropy that makes it to where now if somebody copies me, they can make it even a little different. And then if somebody copies them, it's a little more different. And then by the end, you know, 10, 20 repetitions deep, it's a completely different story. And so, you know, that's why I wanted to take the extra second, like, let me make sure I put it in exactly how he said it, especially since I was quoting him about, you know, about Memorial Day. Um, and, but then, you know, talking about that and tying that back into kind of the the key topic of of this episode is you know that's kind of how we end up with the the christmas tradition and the easter traditions and mm -hmm. even though they're rooted in those pagan yule and ostara and those traditions it has it's that it's been telephone gamed for the last 2000 years to the right. point that <clears throat> people don't get it and they've forgotten and they don't, and the, or they don't care. Yeah. It's, it's usually the don't care part, but even the people that do care, they care more about the symbol than what it symbolizes, which, you know, which was, which was a big deal. I think that was like the overall theme of like Jesus Christ superstar. If you ever see that musical was Ju Judas was telling Jesus, you're becoming to matter more than the things that you say. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it, it's, it's weird how that, how that game plays. Uh, my dad used to tell me this, this story to illustrate this point where this little girl goes up to her mom and is like, mom, why'd you cut the top off the roast before you put it in the oven? And the mom's like, well, that's the way my mom did it. And then goes to grandma and is like, why do you cut the top off the, the roast before you put it in the oven? And she was like, well, that's just the way my mom did it. And, and luckily for her, her great-grandmother was still alive. So she goes to her great-grandmother, grandma, why do you cut the top off the uh, the roast before you put it in the oven? She's like, well, my old oven used to be so small that the only way I could get it to fit would be to cut it off and then put it in. You know, and it's just like, oh, well, you know, okay. So that makes total sense. And then everybody else afterwards that's been perpetuating this is, you know, kind of an idiot. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the Christian traditions. <laughs> and that's and, and, and that is why we study because there are so many traps that's right. you know that, that have been laid intentionally or unintentionally and uh, and we want our our pursuit is the pursuit of truth and it takes work. Amen. <sighs> well, thank you for joining me. I thought this was really good. Hopefully anybody listening to this gets something out of it and you know, if you want to argue with us about it, please let's let's talk about it. Because especially with this stuff, because there is so much uh, because there is so much history with those traditions and where they came from. You know, it's this stuff is pretty easy to dig into, and there and there's a lot of information to dig into. I mean, we we kind of gave a you know a surface level uh, run through oh, yeah. of of how so they much. connect and what they're 
you know what they are but you can you can really get deep into into some of this stuff and uh you know i have had a lot of fun in my spiritual journey studying this kind of stuff which like i've talked about it before I, i'm a little more uh i'm a little more laissez-faire with the things that i read uh the you know i, I i've said it before i've studied the the quran and the dhammapasa i've looked into all of the different pagan traditions and and kind of practices and stuff with with the holidays and and just sort of in general um I've, i haven't dedicated as much time to like the eastern religions uh i'd really like to to look more in depth at like taoism uh but i just haven't i haven't gotten to that point yet uh but you know i mean i feel like every time i look into and research these things it doesn't it doesn't uh like it doesn't cripple or 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 cause my faith to stumble if nothing else it enhances my my faith and makes me stronger in what i believe of course yeah that the the sharpest swords are made in the hottest fires right that is right well we will do this again we'll uh kick around some ideas for what our next topic is going to be and hopefully here in another couple months we'll get another one hell yeah thanks for joining me no problem man thank you